Uh, I'm Chad Tusing. I go to Adventure Church uh, in Columbus. So it's very nice meeting you guys. Um, but today is, uh, I'm super pumped for today. This is my first Synergy and uh, excited to be talking to you guys about Youth Alive and Bible Clubs and empowering students. I'm very, very passionate about investing in students and then seeing them live the calling that God has on their life. Uh, but I want to first start off just uh, with a question and then we'll, we'll get into it. It's like, what if, I'll ask yourself, uh, what are you doing today that is getting you closer to tomorrow? What are you doing today that is getting you closer to tomorrow? Likelihood, you're here for a specific reason. You didn't strut on in here by chance. You didn't wake up extra early and travel here two hours from Cleveland or an hour from Dayton. Um, but you're here for a specific reason. And if I were to guess... Uh, you're here to, to learn, to be inspired, to grow, and to learn as a leader. And what you're doing today, I believe, is actually one of the best investments you can make in yourself. Uh, because what you learn and apply is going to propel you into your future. And what you apply today is going to lead you to your destiny and to what God has called you. My name is Chad Tusing, uh, the Youth Alive Director for the Ohio Ministry Network. My goal in this breakout session is, like I said, to educate, it's to inspire, and to provide some strategies for empowering students to reach their schools for Jesus. Now, whether you're a teenager, a leader, a pastor, or even a student leader, um, I want to be here and I want to add value to you and to your ministry. So my prayer in this breakout session is that you do receive some value in it, uh, and it can work wherever you're at. And I'll talk for about 30, 35 minutes, and then we'll open up for some Q&A. And we're going to be bumping through different strategies. And But we want to first talk about what Youth Alive is about, a little bit about what I do, and who we are here for. Uh, so Youth Alive, it's actually it's a national organization that has existed for 40 Years. This is actually the 40th anniversary for Youth Alive, which is super, super exciting. Anyone in here who has heard of Youth Alive um, over a year ago? Who has been familiar with Youth Alive for over a year? One. And then maybe Pastor Mike. So Youth Alive has been around, but it has never existed in Ohio. So pretty much every single person I know who has heard of it has not come from Ohio. Is not from Ohio. So where are you from? Florida. So they, yeah, they have Youth Alive in Florida. <laughs> and so Ohio's never had it. It's been around for less than a year here. So we are a baby ministry. We are very, very young. Um, but being a brand new ministry, there comes incredible opportunities, but then also some obstacles. Uh, I want to emphasize the opportunities. One opportunity is that we can make this thing whatever we want it to be. Um, there is so much flexibility. There's a, a lot of opportunities when, it's, when you, uh, anyone who has ever driven a boat or rode a boat before. Maybe. Yes, a few. When you drive a boat, it's a little bit more, if it's a big ship or if you've gone on a cruise, it's a bit difficult to steer. It takes time. And if you're a leader in an organization, a lot of times when you're trying to steer a ship, it takes time. But when you're creating something and creating culture, you can get it in the path you want it to be. So that gives us uh, a great advantage. Another advantage is room for creativity. We're not subject to uh, systems. We're not limited by systems. We get to create those, uh, which also leads to uh, not being bound to what's worked in the past. So 
sometimes in youth ministry, when as you gain experience or as you gain experience in your workplace, it's easy to rely on what's worked in the past, which can actually hinder you to get to the future. So um, being that we're new, we are able to be more creative and not be hindered by what's worked in the past. A few obstacles, though. Uh, two obstacles. One is creating systems is hard. Uh, it's much easier to follow a system than to create a system. So that takes time. Uh, if you've ever started anything, it's, it's tough work. It's hard to see what actually works and what doesn't. Uh, and then also culture is not created. So um, creating culture also takes time, which means there is less buy-in overall. So what we're here to do today is to collaborate and to work together to create buy-in and see how we can really empower students to reach their schools. My vision uh, for Youth Alive is really quite simple. It is to see every school and every community impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to see every school and every community in Ohio impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we came up with this, uh, we were very, very intentional with how we, we did it. Because Youth Alive has been known for uh, campus ministries, school ministries, um, but more specifically public school ministries. And I believe that there are a lot more students that need reached that don't go to public schools. I grew up in a Christian school. K through 12, I went to a Christian school. So part of my ministry is reaching the Christian school students. Part of my ministry is reaching the homeschooled students to see how they can reach their friends and how they can reach their communities. Part of my ministry is reaching the private school students. It's not just public school. So we want to reach both the school and the community in every area. But more specifically is impact. We want to make an impact where we're at. We want to see students impacting their schools and communities, not just reaching it, because reaching is so important. Reaching is the evangelistic side of ministry. Reaching is, is that touch. To say, hey, I spoke to you about the gospel. Hey, I shared the love of Jesus with you. But impacting goes even a step further. It is changing lives. It is not only reaching, but it is seeing change in an individual's life to see them impacted, and to see an, a community impacted, which requires a little more work, but is so much more fun. Because that's the discipleship aspect of ministry, is seeing people actually changed for Jesus. Our mission is the same mission as OMN, is developing leaders to make disciples of Jesus by the Spirit's power. That's what we're doing. We're developing leaders at a student level. I believe in students. I have a radical belief in students. Maybe too much. I don't know. Some people think I'm crazy on how much I believe in students. But I believe that students have a call on their life. And then they can step into the future and change the future. That they can change their environments. That they have the capacity to change their schools. I have a strong belief in that. And I want to be a part of a movement that does that. But can I give you a disclaimer? I don't know everything. <laughs> oh, man. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the strategies. Um, in my personal experience as a youth pastor, um, some of the things I did when I started don't necessarily work today. And that was just a few years ago. Youth culture is constantly changing. So I think more than ever, we need to be reliant upon the Holy Spirit 
and see where God is leading us. We can't always rely on what has worked in the past because that may not work today. And because of the constant shift in youth culture and the context within youth ministry, we need to be reliant upon the Holy Spirit. Which means strategies might change. Things might change from year to year. Things might be different. Well, they will be different. Five years from now, what works in Dayton may not work here in Columbus. What works here in Columbus may not work over where True North is at. Minerva, that was it, the city. Very rural. Love that city. It's a great place to be from, Brandon. In the Bible, uh, this, is the, this is one of the reasons why I have a radical belief in the students, is um, in the Bible there's a few characters. Maybe you've heard of these people. Uh, when uh, Joseph received his first dream from God, he was only 17 years old. When David was anointed to be king, he was a teenager. Daniel was a teenager when he entered the king's court. Samuel was a tween. He wasn't even a teenager yet when God showed up and gave him a vision of judgment that was going to come upon his spiritual father. These are all teenagers that God spoke to and used to make an impact where they were at. That's why I have a radical belief in students. But it wasn't always that way. I need to put this on airplane mode. Um, so in the, in the Old Testament, we see several moments where um, God used students. And then in the New Testament, um, when Paul speaks to Timothy, maybe you've heard this verse, 1 Timothy 4.12. Growing up, Christian home, Christian school, this was like my life verse. I held on to this verse so hard when I was trying to do a ministry. For 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. Mm-mm, I would hold on to that. But set an example for for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. If you're a teenager, hold on to that verse. I still hold on to that verse. I'm only 25 years old. Come on now. It's important to know that it's important to not let other people look down on you and gain your confidence from God. Because you are a child of God. You are a son and daughter of an almighty God. So don't let anyone look down on you, but set an example instead. But then as we get older, this verse doesn't hold as much weight. You've gone a few, you've lived a few more years, you've walked a few more miles, you've gained a little more experience, you've gained more seniority, so now no longer are people looking down on you, people are looking up to you. So if you are in that stage of life, it is your responsibility to now invest in young people. And say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now point you to this verse. I'm going to now encourage you and reach you and help you move along. But can I tell you something I've been guilty of? This is a little transparency here. Um, I haven't always believed in students as much as I should. Sometimes uh, <laughs> I would believe in their dreams as long as it fit within what I thought was best for them. This is so easy to get caught up in. It's so easy to say, I believe in students. I believe in your dream. I believe in what you're telling me. But, but you know, you should really do this. 
for me, for a time, doubt would come before belief. For me, for a time, I, I, I believed them as long as their beliefs fit within my ideas and my strategies. I would find myself quick, quicker to think as a, as a pessimist than an optimist. And it was difficult to be uh, genuine in my reassurance to a student. And that's what I want us to get to. Which leads me to my first strategy. When it comes to empowering young people, we have to understand this. We have to have a radical belief in students. I know it doesn't sound like a, a complicated strategy or anything real fancy. But the first strategy to empowering a student is radically believing in them. This is so, so crucial. Because in a culture where everything is pulling for their attention and pulling them in this direction and that direction, who's going to believe in them? Who's going who's to keep them along the path following and pursuing Christ? Who's going to give them opportunities to live out their calling? It has to be us. It has to be us putting them in the right place to follow God and give them those opportunities. We have to have a radical belief in students. It's difficult to see um, them run with the baton if we're afraid to give them the baton. Have you ever uh, worked out and done a bench press and you have a spotter behind you? Uh, so sometimes a, sp a spotter is there to make sure you don't die. So <laughs> uh, what we do in youth, with Youth Alive is we have those students that are plugged into Youth Alive are called our campus missionaries. And we're intentional with that. We want to make sure that these students, there's some weight to them being plugged in. And being a missionary is simply just being on mission for the cause of Christ. It's saying, God, I'm surrendering my life for you. What do you have for me? I want to do it. So a student uh, comes in, they volunteer as a campus missionary, and then we put them through um, some coaching and stuff like that. Uh, so, which leads me to my second strategy is coaching. To empower a student, we must provide coaching for them. If you've ever worked out, maybe you've had a coach, maybe you've uh, played tennis or played soccer. I grew up playing soccer and I had a coach. Um, but working out, I would also have a coach and someone, some, some spotting buddies. So if I was at the bench press, whoever my training partner was, they were there to like slap me, amp me up, get me pumped up, you know? So then by the time I get under that bar, I'm ready to go. I get, I get tight, I get ready to push. But here's something a spotter or a coach needs to know. A coach needs to know the capacity of the person they're coaching. If I can only bench press 225 pounds and I start throwing on another 45 and make it 315 on each side, that coach better speak some sense into me and say, are you sure you can do that? They're like, nah, I mean, my last, my last max was 225. I could do 315. Coach says, no, no, no. Maybe next time. Let's put that down. The coach needs to know my capacity. And when we are coaching students, we need to have an understanding of their capacity and make sure that they are not putting on too much weight than they can handle. Because we don't want them to fail. We want them to win. We want to believe in them, but we also want to make sure that we don't crush them or put them in a situation to be crushed. Another thing too, a spotter isn't there to carry all the weight. So we want to make sure they're pushing a weight that they can manage, but then just give them a little help here and there. Say, so you can do it. You got this. Encourage them. Push them. 
but then allow them to do the majority of the work. And then when they need help, you lift the bar and set it down. It's coaching. It's coaching. It's believing in them. It's encouraging them. It's seeing them live the calling that God has on their life. This is one thing that we, we highly recommend and want every single campus missionary to be a part of is our coaching. Uh, we do a couple methods. One method, um, you can learn this, I don't know, coaching, there's a difference between coaching and mentoring. So mentoring would be, if you're a mentor to somebody, this is key to remember, if you're a mentor to somebody, um, you are one that is investing in the person and speaking into their life about your personal experiences. So you're, you're pouring in your own personal experiences and wisdom and knowledge. A coach, a coach does something a little bit different. A coach starts in this position and pulls out of the person of what's already there. So a coach is asking questions to help the individual discover what they need to do. A coach pulls out the dreams that they already have and asks questions to help them get to those dreams. A mentor invests. We need that. We need mentors. We need spiritual mentors to invest in, in students. But what we want to do with Youth Alive is pull out of what's already there because we have a radical belief in students. We believe that God's already called them. We just have to coach them along the way. So one, a few of the things that we do, we, we go through a, th- a few processes. One would be um, we help them discover the what. They discover what, what is God calling you to do? What is your dream? Let's help you discover that. And then second would be, all right, now let's determine the how. Determine how, what are the steps that you need to take in order to get there? How are we going to get to that goal? And then dest- determine the when. When is this going to get done? When are you going to take that next step? And then determine who. Determine who are you going to link arms with? Who's around you that can help you get there? Who's going to hold you accountable? One other method we use is, uh, is a grow, a grow model. We, we just help them see what's your goal, and then the R, what's your reality, and then the O, what are the opportunities and obstacles in the way, and then the W would be the way forward. How do you get there? And these are some models that we're doing, and I'm looking for coaches who are willing to invest in students, who are not here to tell a student what to do, but help the student discover what they need to do. We're looking for that. We're working on building a team of coaches. Um, and if that's something you're interested, please feel free to reach out to me after, or sometime I'll be all over the place, all around. But we're looking for coaches. Third thing, uh, we have just three more and these are going to be quicker. Third strategy is through resources, online resources specifically. Another way to empower a student is through online resources. Um, That's something that we seek to provide and increase. We want to give you a tool. If you need a hammer, we want to give you a hammer. If you need a screwdriver, we'll give you a screwdriver. If you need a drill and you need some power to that tool, we will give you a power tool. We will give you whatever necessary to build what you are trying to build and to do what you are trying to do. Some of our online resources involve lesson plans. So if a student wants to start a Bible club at their school and wants to start a discipleship process with their friends and get into the Word on a regular basis, We're in the process of creating a year-long lesson plan, month by month. So that way, when a student's ready to start, 
and they're nervous, they're like, Chad, I don't have any material. How do I do a Bible club at my school? Like, we have a resource for you. Here's a tool for you. And this gives you a year to learn what it's like to create a lesson plan and what they look like and how to do it. And then the following year, as we coach you that year, the following year, now you can do it. Now you can be the one creating the lesson plans. Uh, we have student rights. We have things that give them confidence and stability to know what they're, suppo- what they're allowed to do, which is important. We have graphics. We have promotional materials. We have all these resources that we are trying to hand students so they can feel empowered to reach their schools and communities. Next would be physical resources. It's another strategy. It's another tool in their toolbox. It's physical resources. This could include finances. Um, what if you know a student was not hindered financially to do a ministry in their school? What if they wanted to throw on this, this big outreach and they needed grills and food and games? What if we could provide those for them and they didn't feel burdened because they didn't have access to it? That's another thing we are doing. We have this trailer that now we are in the process of filling with grills, dodgeballs, basketballs, maybe even inflatables that would be sweet, uh, <laughs> uh, sound equipment. So when a student wants to do a serving project, we'll have rakes for them, we'll have shovels for them. Or when a student wants to do an outreach, we have the equipment to empower them to do it. We have it. And that's where we want to be. And the last one is, is community. This is so, so crucial. Is To empower a student, we must provide a community. Sometimes students can go into church and youth ministry. Some feel loved and some don't. It's easy, I think, sometimes for students to get kind of tucked away in a corner and even in youth ministry. And for Youth Alive, I want to make sure that no student falls through the cracks. I want to make sure that if, if there's a single student who has a dream, who wants to embrace God's call in their life, I don't want them falling through the cracks. I want them embracing God's call and living it out. I want to provide opportunities. I want to get them around the right people that are going to help them get there. To make them, help them know that they're not alone, that they're not isolated, that the struggles they're dealing with, they're not the only one. I want to provide them with a community of coaches, a community of students that are doing exactly what they're doing. So, so crucial. I want to finish up with this story and then I'll open up for some, for some questions. So, uh, actually, first, before, before I do that, some of the, just here's, here's some ideas of what we do for Youth Alive. And this is kind of the typical things that students do. Uh, number one thing is, like, they do a campus club. So that would be, you know, like a Tuesday afternoon, these group of students meet after school. I'll be in one in two weeks, uh, speaking at one that we kind of serve with and I help their leadership team with. Uh, that's, that's a primary one. Another thing that we also do, we do assemblies. We help students, if they want to put on assembly, um, we help with that. And this one kind of reaches more students and kind of talks like positivity. Now in an assembly, you can't talk about Jesus. Uh, you're, you're kind of limited on that, but you can bring a positive message in that. I've seen students lead assemblies. How cool was that? How cool would that be? You know, usually an assembly an adult comes in 
gives a motivational speech. How cool would it be if a student led an assembly? Uh, we do serving projects. We also have one, uh, we had one just a few months ago. We had a serving project. We're just going raking leaves. We have outreaches. We have one in two weeks. We have an outreach at a school where it's just a party, a big game night in the school. And because it's that night, we're allowed to provide a gospel message. Pumped for it. Super pumped. So these are just different ideas, different ways that students can get plugged in and um, reach and impact their schools and communities. One student that's been doing a killer job, he started one. He started a campus club before Youth Alive was a thing here in Ohio. He started just a few years ago. And within two years, his group grew up to, grew to 40 people consistently. Like 40, easy. All student-led. Not a single adult who is helping them lead it. They have a leadership team that are made of students. 40 students within two years. Going into their third year, they launched three into middle schools. And the way they do the middle schools is now each person on the leadership team, or one or two, each person on the leadership team is in charge of leading one of the middle school teams. So they invest in the middle school students and empower them and help them develop their groups. So one group turned to three. And now they regularly do one serving project a year, one outreach a year. And they are reaching dozens, hundreds of people for Jesus. And it's changing the culture in their school and in the community. And I am so pumped to see how God continues to use that. The one who started it, he's about to graduate. And this is something else we do with Youth Alive. He's about to graduate. So we still coach. I still talk with him. But now that he's graduating, I encourage him to say, Hey, what's God calling you to do next? What college is he leading you to go to? What career choice is he leading you to go down? So we coach in that way too. So once you graduate high school, it's not like, okay, we're done. It's okay, let's, let's continue this and move on. It's a beautiful thing. So uh, I'm here. I'm passionate about empowering students. I believe in students, and I hope you do too. Um, so I want to open up the floor now for any questions. Uh, Anything at all. We got about, I think, 10, 15 minutes. Actually, I think we have more than that, so. Is this on the O1N website? Uh, the resources stuff you were talking They're about? on OhioYouthAlive.com. So, some of them are still being developed, so the lesson plans, those are still being developed before I put them on. Um, those are still in the early stages, but when it comes to step-by-steps for launching a club and resources to do so, we have those, and then some like the graphics and all of that. Okay. The lesson plans are really interesting because as students approach me, it's like, how do I share it? I can give them a lesson here, there, but like that, something that's yeah. Do you have a question? Oh. Yes. This one is more like how to like bridge kids. Mm-hmm. And like how to work with you in a time like this where social media is so big. Mm-hmm. Like you are in a good group and they're like in their phones all the time. Mm-hmm. Like what can you do to like 
and start like inviting the kids like because they come to meetings mm -hmm. but how can we like take them another step mm -hmm. like, how can we just break the oh this is the time to come and like be with your friends mm -hmm. and hear about god but like take them to less experience about god mm -hmm. and take them out of like, like social media yeah so there's there's two things I would say, and they both start with the word C or letter C. The word C. Um, <laughs> hello. Uh, so how do you make sure that you are leaving an impact on them and reaching them? One would be consistency. I think because of as a result of social media and it's gonna sound weird, but creeps uh, and bad experiences, students have walls. So it sometimes it's difficult to penetrate that wall. So consistency, which takes time, uh, will gradually, like, they'll, they'll start pulling those bricks down and allowing you to cross. And once you cross, once they feel safe around you through, through that consistency and through love and grace, um, then, uh, and this comes, like, with trusting the Holy Spirit in it, but also being confident is challenging them. So be, being consistently there with them, but then... When they see that you are a safe person, you actually do care about them and love them, challenge them. Challenge them. What, what are you doing with your faith? Who are you um, blessing in your school? And ask them these tough questions. How's, how's your walk with the Lord been? What, what has God been teaching you? It's okay to ask those questions. And you know what? They may not have an answer at first. But then the more consistent you are at that the more they will grow as a result. And it's just, they. I, I think it's, it's okay to challenge them. And the right ones who want to grow, they'll grow. And the closer they get to the Lord, the more they'll want to grow, the more God works. So it's just, let's pursue Jesus, challenge them in that, but be consistent as well. So, great question. Other questions. Was this at at your like for like, regular youth services? Just or just like, in general, just getting just those in two? general. Okay. Like, I just feel like, and even with my own experience of being Christian, like you just go to social media. There are so many things that you can see. So many things that there is not way to control. Like you know, like we're just walking around and you hear like these fourteen-year-old like. Mm. Or like my little sister-in-law, she's 16 and like telling everything that happens in the school and like how these kids like, they're 16 year old and they're like getting a stone in the school. And I'm like, dude, what is going on in this uh -huh. society? Like, uh -huh. I knew I was like a bad person, but like I was not a bad one. But now uh -huh. like, geez, like, some stuff becomes normal. Sometimes we as like we as Christians like you know, we just put like stuff a little bit too boring for the kids. Uh -huh. To a point that they're like, No, I don't want to report like something so boring. Uh -huh. like, that sounds nerd. Uh -huh. So how can we like just make it like for me, uh -huh. my biggest change in life was when I got out of church, went to somewhere else, and it was just like being in a party all the time. 
Uh -huh. And when to ministry school, then it was like you're like having a party all the time. And that was what changed me. Uh -huh. was my like biggest change. Uh -huh. So I'm just like wanting to know how to like connect with these kids. They're living in this time that everything outside church looks more fun. Uh -huh. And being like, yeah. that is just honestly, like everything uh -huh. outside church looks more fun. Uh -huh. But how can we bring them to know that all that is emptiness, uh -huh. because at the end that's empty, and how can we bring them to something that is going to fill them with light and like love and like fulfill like what is inside them? Because there is nothing else that is going to fill their hearts. Uh -huh. Everything else is empty. Like everything else that you do outside God uh -huh. is just empty. Me. So it's kind of like uh -huh. how can we like manage those things, and also uh -huh. how can we reach kids? And that's our thing. How can we reach? the kids that are not about the church okay the kids that so that's like, more specific yeah like the ones that are out there like the ones that they don't haven't even hear about jesus or god mm -hmm. or anything else like how can we reach them and like bring them here mm. did you have insight on that mike or so i was gonna offer and i had a zero session and i don't oh know, like, you're you're a pastor man at all mm -hmm. there's something that we've tried it in our So, okay, looking at Jesus, like, how did Jesus reach people? He literally, he came and, like, came and spent time with us. And something interesting you see throughout the Gospels is he's constantly eating with people. Like, so many things that happen, he's just at a dinner with someone. So what we started in our youth group is once a month, we offer a free meal for everyone. I know that's not revolutionary. That's, we, just, we have students come in, and the goal isn't to, like, we don't, like, do a big devotional or teaching. We just have all our leaders at a table and just sit with students and just get to know them. And now we do, we're, you know, we, we've had some repertoire, but we, we don't allow any cell phones at the table. Like if you're at the table eating, no cell phones. So that might not work right away, but there's something about sitting and eating with someone that really allows like for connection and relationships to be built. And so it's what we've tried for about a year now, and it's, it's worked really well. We're like be able to talk to students who otherwise wouldn't talk too much. And even if it's just a little bit here and there, but um, it's not it's not a whole answer to solve everything, but but just getting to know students because that's how Jesus did with us. He, mm -hmm. he didn't come bringing so much a teaching; he came and brought himself. And so I would say, getting just to know students with consistency, like showing them you actually care for them, spending time with them, eating with them, whether that's at their school cafeteria or having a meal at the church. But there's something about it, and um, just eating together, I think, really breaks down walls because something we all do and enjoy. Uh -huh. um, so that that would be just one one way of advice that I, that I realized, and Jesus does show us an example of just eating together. Um, that answer that just that just opens doors for connection a little bit more. Uh -huh. Students who are far far from God, like yeah, they're not going to respond to say like to a really faith based question, but if over and over they get to know you and sharing a meal, you can begin to just know them where they are in their life um, and build build a relationship that way. So I know that's not revolutionary to say well build relationships with students, but um, I think there is something like even spiritual about eating a meal together that we've tried in our youth group and I've seen some results. And I would say find ways to do that, find ways to yeah, even if it's one on one, take students out or eat with them in their cafeteria or do a meal at your at your youth service. Uh -huh. um, and then you can kinda say like no phones for ten minutes, no phones and it, it makes it makes them interact with you a little bit. So uh -huh. that's just what we've tried and it's yeah. um, so I see Jesus doing so Yeah. That'd be something to try. It's it, it's the connection point. If you can bridge that gap and just find a way to connect with them, um, food is an excellent way to do that because who doesn't love food? Uh, if they, <laughs> if you're a gamer and you lo like 
game with them. If uh, you love, you know, painting nails, paint nails with them. I don't know. So, so, so yeah, even that is one of our youth leaders who's big into Fortnite. Of course, a lot of students are. They they traded gamer tags over over the meal, and now they're like plays them all the time, and it's kind of the And the students like starting to serve because even have to serve. So mm-hmm. um, something about yeah, we kn- we know the youth group thing of like we'll just give them a bunch of pizza, have them run around, but it's different. Whereas actually sitting across the table from them, and um, yeah, food's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. So like. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, like, just looking at his story. So that would be something to try. Yeah, yeah. And another thing, too, uh, to be an encouragement as well, is um, we want to really see students reaching students. So sometimes, like, the people that we need to invest in are the ones who want to serve as leaders because their friends are more likely to hear from them and listen to them than you. So that's also really crucial is investing in those and coaching those who want to make a difference because they're the ones that others trust. It's all reality. Yes? Yeah, ohioyouthalive.com. And we're working on actually revamping it because got it up. I'm like, I, I, I want to make it better. So, <laughs> but, yeah. So part of having the youth at our church get plugged in helping out Jeremiah and myself were both Royal Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the middle school age group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have six, seven, and eighth graders as sort of different commander. We're creating transitions. Um, so we have five different lessons plans mm-hmm. per week, and it's always a different topic. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of just having and just talking about the subject matter at hand, I push it towards their lives. Like, hey, mm-hmm. how's Timmy at school? You talk mm-hmm. to him, right? Well, what's he going through? Well, he's hanging out with the girl. Really? You know, is she, is she, is she church is she not go to church you know mm-hmm. like, no. it's like well i haven't really done talk to them but is is that common you know aren't you, aren't you always talking having fun playing games together it's like yeah i mean i don't know what's going on with them it's like well maybe you should find out mm-hmm. he comes in we do another lesson than that hey you know we're, do, we're talking about this has anything changed with him it's like no things have gotten a little bit worse i mean he's starting to act differently okay well you know it's, what do you know it's mm-hmm. about his family maybe it's about this girl and you start seeing kids, you know, they start talking a little bit like, hey, I do have kind of like experience with that at school. Uh-huh. My friend is acting a little bit differently. Uh-huh. Maybe he's doing things he shouldn't be doing. And so they start talking with one another instead of just me leading it. So that's uh-huh. one of the things Aaron Snyder wants us as regular leaders to do. And we're working on it. But it's adult facilitated. Uh-huh. And you know what you did, Eric? You. Uh, it sounded like in your conversations with him, you were using a, a coaching method. You were you were asking questions to help him discover what what was going on. You weren't you were you were slow to say this is probably what's going on. Instead, it looked like you pulled back and just were asking him so he could try to figure out, own it, and then see how he he can reach his friend. So well done. It's hard. It is, I. In youth ministry, it is so hard um, when you do everything you can to make sure the student pursues the Lord and they still don't want it. Or maybe they just fall back into the same old habits or the same old mistakes, get in trouble with the police again. And you're like, God, why? Like, so much frustration. Lord, why can't you just keep them from this? Uh, and you know, it's there, that's when faith comes into play in prayer and patience. You know, God's patient with us. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. Um, so I think it's okay to be patient uh, with students as well. Um, it just takes time. And sometimes when it comes to a spiritual development, that takes time. Uh, it's not like once you get saved, you got it all figured out. Come on, we don't all have it figured out. Uh, we, we are constantly a work in progress. So it's okay for students to be a constant work in progress as well. That's the beauty of it. Love it. Any other questions? We still had, have time, so... putting you on the spot, Gabe. Okay. Uh, I just, you were talking about how people are always on their cell phones and how we want them to interact with God and see that the world is empty and that the only life really comes from God. And I, I just, I wanted to point out, maybe I'm wrong, but from my point of view, um, that's really their testimony and that's their relationship with God and you really don't have a lot of control over that. You can present the information as Mm -hmm. much as you want, but that's really between them and God. So you you really just got to pray and trust that God is going to work in their lives. No, Gabe, that's very wise of you and uh, especially being younger as well. You're 19 or you're 20 now. Um, so I just got back from a missions trip to Mardi Gras and um, basically what we did we would go out to the streets at night and our group we would put on this performance usually it was just a line dance we just do the Cupid Shuffle and then we would bring in as many people as possible and just build our group and then as soon as the song was done we would break out grab the person next to us and just start getting to know you say hey what's your name my name is so and so where are you from uh, and then figure out how to build that connection and then transition it into a spiritual conversation. And out of, I don't know, 50 people I met in all these conversations over a few nights, um, it was a lot of seeds that were planted. And even if I wasn't able to share the full gospel, I was able to at least pray for them or encourage them or love on them and plant seeds. And the more seeds we plant, the more God starts to cultivate that. starts to work the ground. starts to water it. It's when the Holy Spirit goes to town. So the best thing we can do is just keep planting seeds and see what God does with them. Being consistent, challenging, but then trusting in God and having faith in that, which is a scary place to be, but it's also a safe place. Um, Just, all right, Lord, I'm being faithful with what you've given me. That's all I can do. Now it's time for you to work. Uh, let me pray and then we'll go on. Uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to come up to me, but we'll, we'll break out. So, um, God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for such an amazing service of time of worship and the Word. Uh, God, I thank you for students. I thank you that you have called us even before we were born. God, you have a plan for our lives and you have a plan for teenagers. So, God, would you continue to work in our hearts to have... Uh, a heart for teenagers and a heart for reaching them to see them pursuing you with all that they have. God, would you give us opportunities to reach and invest in their lives and help us to know how to do that and go about that. God, we pray for, for Ohio. May Ohio come to know Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day.